powerful content podcast, your go-to source for content creation, strategy, and business inspiration. I'm your host, Mel Daniels, content strategist, coach, and speaker, empowering women across the globe to grow their business with powerful content that connects, nurtures, and converts. So if you're ready to create standout content that gets you noticed and remembered or build an aligned audience who love you and are ready to buy from you, you're in the right place. I believe that content has the power to connect us all. It's up to you how you use it. Listen in for genuine and insightful chats with guests, as well as practical tools and strategies from me. It's so lovely to have you here. Let's dive into the show. Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode seven of the Powerful Content Podcast. Today, I have with me the beautiful Romina Cavagnola from Alchemy of Alignment Publishing. Romina has a master's degree in publishing, as well as qualifications in project management, information systems, and astronomy. I never knew this, Romina. She works with spiritual women in business to draw out and articulate the essence of their message. Through her company, Alchemy of Alignment Publishing, Romina facilitates the writing and publishing of powerful stories. Her independent one-on-one and group book programs are designed to activate self-healing through the writing process. Romina lives in Sydney with her son and can be found reading, going on adventures with her little man, looking at the stars and bursting into song at any given moment. Welcome to the podcast, Romina. Thank you so much, Mel, for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm I'm so happy to have you here as well. Now, every time I talk to you, I learn something new uh, about you. I didn't realize that you actually had qualifications in astronomy. Like I know that you love the stars. I know that you have a telescope, but you actually have a qualification in astronomy as well. Yes. Um, But to be clear, it's not like a qualification where I could actually be an astronomer. (laughs) Um, It was more a, um, it was purely out of interest because when I first went to uni, I actually wanted to study astronomy before I went to uni and then I chose a different path. Um, But (laughs) I always had that sort of um, like a craving to to learn more in a a more formal setting. And so I got this qualification, which it was designed for people who perhaps like are a physics teacher or they work in a museum on an observatory or something like that, where they would have to impart that kind of information. Um, And so I thought, well, this is a great um, opportunity for me to, to learn some more because I do learn better when I have a formal container uh, or a structured container or a structured process of some sort. So my goodness, I, <laughs> I love it so much. I love it so much. Now we've actually known each other for quite some time now. We met back at the beginning of both of our business journeys. And I think it's safe to say that both of us have grown and changed over those years that we've known each other. So I know quite a lot about you, Romina, but would you like to give the listeners a little bit of an idea about your business journey to date? Sure. Well, um, well, I guess as Mel mentioned, we've known each other for quite a while and the beginning of my business journey wasn't apparent to me at the time. I didn't really realize that I was on a business journey. I started a mummy blog um, when my son was a few months old. This was in 2017 and I was a nearly single mum, and I intuitively turned to writing as an outlet. Um, I'd always enjoyed writing. I'd always done things with writing, but I went through quite a long period where I, I didn't really write very much or when I tried, I didn't feel inspired. And so I didn't push myself. I just sort of set it aside 
Um, and so when I started my mummy blog, it kind of started out as a way for me to process conflicting information and, and things that overwhelmed me about new motherhood. Um, and once I realized that I had a voice and that I had a platform, I switched my content into stories, essentially things that were important to me, talking about single parenthood, talking about divorce and things that not a lot of people like to talk about still to, to this day. And that kind of set me on this path of um, exploring writing as a tool for healing. And, and that's essentially what I did to, to process all of the stuff that happened after my marriage ended. Um, and that eventually led me to start a business because I was you know, on maternity leave when, when that happened. Then I went back to my corporate job for a couple of years and it was a nightmare. <laughs> um, to be honest, um, I'd wanted to leave for a long time, but I didn't have the guts to at first. And then I got pregnant and then I got divorced. So there were always things keeping me there because it, you know, aside from the job itself, not suiting me anymore for a number of reasons, I loved my team there and they made it bearable. <laughs> um, and I had the flexibility that I needed um, while I was pregnant and then while I was settling into my new situation. Uh, but then I was made redundant um, about how long? I think it was not even a year um, that I'd been back and I was made redundant um, and I, I sort of, I still had a few months left on my contract because they said, you know, they gave me plenty of notice. It was nothing to do with my performance, blah, blah, all that stuff that they say, you know, <laughs> at the end um, and to give me a better chance of finding a role before I left. And um, I looked and then I didn't find anything that I liked. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to leave it for a while, take a couple months off and do whatever I like, rest, you know um re revitalize myself because at that time I was very exhausted from just life in general and um that couple of months turned into six months of me not working and the reason for that was because I was looking for a job that didn't exist I was trying to find something that didn't require me to you know compromise my values or my family time and the things that I needed to be able to earn a living and it got to the point where I thought, okay, I'm really going to have to just get a job. <laughs> and um, one day I broke my ankle and I sprained my other ankle at the same time. And that was a whole thing in itself. <laughs> I was going to say that that is a whole story in itself, really, isn't it? Like it's such a, such an amazing story. But yes, you broke your ankle and you sprained the other one. So long story short, I couldn't walk and I couldn't go up the stairs to my apartment. We had no lift. So I had to go stay at my parents' house for six weeks while I recovered enough to be able to go up and down the stairs. And during that time, my dad broached the topic of whether I was going to get a job or not anytime soon. <laughs> and um, that was annoying because I had sort of tried to put it out of my out of my mind for a while. And um, And he suggested, well, why don't you try freelance writing or editing because I'd been sort of talking about that for quite a while uh, and never had the guts to try it uh, because I always thought well it's not very secure and you know mm -hmm. there were other things that I had to do or I had to consider and I said the same thing to him this time and he said well you don't actually have a job right now so there's really nothing for you <laughs> to risk um, and if anything this was the perfect time to try that so you know, you, you know, he was right. <laughs> like, you know, when dads are right, you can't argue. And you hate um, that, don't you? Don't, don't and you hate <laughs> when your parents are right. <laughs> well, you know, I, I tried, you know, I said, okay, fine, I'm starting a business then, I guess. And I made a website because that's apparently what you do when you when you start a business. Um, clearly, I knew nothing about starting a business when I did it. And um, that, 
you know, within a first couple of weeks, I had a couple of clients and I started doing mostly freelance blogging. It's just amazing. Yeah, <laughs> well, it felt amazing at the time, but it quickly got really boring, to be honest. And, um, and I sort of morphed that into content creation coaching, um, which was kind of a cross between done for you and done with you coaching services. But again, that wasn't really the, that was just the next stop. It wasn't really, didn't feel quite right. Um, and eventually I just sort of flicked the imposter syndrome and stepped into what I really wanted to do because I, as you know, have a background in publishing and in book production and working with writing and all of that. And I really wanted to work with books. I've always wanted to work with books. I love books. I love reading, I love writing. And uh, I finally found a way to create my version of everything that's going on in the publishing slash entrepreneur world at the moment. Um, I was adamant that I wanted to create something different and that's what I did. So yeah. And um, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about that. Actually, let's talk about this um, beautiful book that you've birthed into the world, along with some other amazing women's. Um, so the book's called Mother's Circle. So just tell us a little bit about that, because, you know, we're talking about stories today and how we can bring them to um, our beautiful audience. So how did you come to bring this collation of stories together? Well, I had done something similar in the past. We, uh, my ex-husband and I, while we were still together, he came up with this project that he was doing because he was working on a leadership course at the time and they had to create a community project of some description. It could be anything, but it had to have some kind of benefit to the people that were involved. And he was inspired by his grandmother's stories. She was always telling us stories about what life was like back in Spain. She was from Spain. Um, and she had all these stories and she would always tell him. And when I went there, he, she would always tell me all these stories. And so he wanted to create a book where senior citizens had the opportunity to tell their stories because it's not really something that is common. And so he wanted to provide that platform. And so I was studying my master's at the time. So I said, hey, great, I'll produce the book. With that process, what I learned through that, and that was sort of like one of the most impactful times in my my journey to becoming a publisher Mm -hmm. um, was really the true value of the stories it's not it's not just the fact that these older people have wisdom that they can share just because they've had life experience that most of us have not had and in particular that generation which many of them are gone now but the generation that actually went through wars and 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 which I mean clearly we still have these days but it's it's a different time Mm -hmm that they come from um and so having the opportunity to give that wisdom to other people and gifting those people that are telling the stories the time and the space to really share in a way where they feel valued and and seen we realized exactly the value of the project that we had created and I really began to understand in that time this was in 2010 we started this and it went for about seven years when the first one of those people died before the launch of the book we found their family and gave them a copy of the book and they didn't know some things about their mum and that was one of the yeah and that was one of the first times where I realized this actually has an impact outside of what we conceived it to be And so that stuck with me for a long time. And that was like another reminder that 
this is actually so much more important than sharing wisdom or sharing lessons or, or whatever. It actually makes an impact in real people's lives. And that was something that I wanted to bring into the work that I do. So it wasn't just about let's create an opportunity for people to share their stories or to, you know, market their work or whatever it is that is the inspiration behind any of these kinds of programs. Cause there are so many, right. There's so many, and they all have different uh, motivations and different uh, and many of them are amazing, but they didn't feel aligned with me, the, the way that they work and the, the motivation for them and the, the use of, um, you know, let's create a best-selling book and make that a, a sort of like marketing tool. It felt like this needed to be some, something more for me. Um, and so when I went to create my program, the first thing that came to me is, well, healing, because that is what I did myself in my journey to heal. I went, I mean, I went to counseling. I did all the things that you do, right. When you're in that kind of situation, but the more I did that, the more I realized that I wasn't really doing the work in between the sessions. And the thing that I did find was helping me was writing about it. And in the end I wrote the stuff and then I chucked it. Like I, I symbolically released all the things by physically <laughs> um, throwing away that writing that I, that I did. And that was so much more helpful you know, with all due respect to the, to the counsellor, that was so much more helpful for me personally. And that was something that I wanted to bring into my programs. And so then when I had that all sort of formulated, I thought, well, what topic should I choose? Because I had a whole, I wrote down a whole page of different um, ideas of, of, you know, the kinds of anthologies that I could create. And I didn't feel right starting anywhere other than my own story, which was my story of motherhood and how motherhood really um, helped me to rediscover myself. So that's how Mother's Circle came to be. I wanted to create that, that space where mothers could come and, and feel guided in their writing process. They could feel like they had a container where it was okay to hurt and it was okay to, to be vulnerable and it was okay to share all the things, even if they didn't end up sharing those things in the story itself. Um, you know, there's certain boundaries that each person creates when they share their story publicly and and we had the space to share and to process what we wanted to write about and then actually I would guide them to write their stories um in in sessions um and in you know the process of, of editing it was more like a workshopping type of process and then come out with this book the motivation for which was to actually simply empower and inspire other mothers so I made it very clear at the beginning to my people, my main goal for this is not getting a best-selling book. I really don't care. What I want is to have stories that are powerful and that really connect with people and that change the way that people see things. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we achieved. And I think it's so beautiful from what I'm hearing from you, Romina, stories and telling stories can have impact in two different ways. One on the person who is actually telling the story, um, whether that's a healing process or whether that's um, just a sharing process that they get to share their story with uh, their, their whoever their audience is. But the other side of the impact of stories is the person who receives it or the person who reads it. Um, they get to experience what that person experiences they get to perhaps identify with that situation the same situation but they also get to take um be taken on a journey themselves and be inspired perhaps to take some action i know that in reading mother circle myself i was 
at first dubious about how women who weren't technically authors could come together and create a story that would be interesting. But I must say that, and, and maybe it's full credit to you, Romina, for guiding them in this process, but the way that they have told their stories, whilst I have never experienced what they have experienced, I did feel a sense of inspiration that they had overcome these amazing things in their lives or they had experienced these things in their lives and they could continue on. And they were, may, it may not necessarily have been a happy ending, but it was more about the hope of what the future could actually hold. So thank you for bringing those beautiful stories together, Romina, and uh, helping us understand the impact of the two sides of the stories. Now, I'm going to actually read a little bit of the um, introduction that you've written for Mother's Circle. It's just a paragraph because I felt like it was really important to bring up the things that you actually say in this paragraph. And we'll talk about them in, in a second. But I know that a lot of people, and myself included, really struggled with the concept of what a story is and how I could actually share it or bring, bring that to the world. I didn't feel like I had ever had to overcome any major obstacles or trauma or anxiety or mental health issues in my life. So therefore, I didn't have a story. I now know that no, that's not true after after knowing you, Romina. But um, some people may feel a little bit too scared to actually share a little piece with them. So I'm just going to read this paragraph if I can, Romina. Okay, it can be hard allowing yourself to be seen. It can be hard letting your story be read or even heard, and opening yourself up to potential judgment from people you know or even those you don't. Opening up may not be easy. The journey we embark, embark upon as a result of this action may be peppered with challenges, but it is those challenges that provide us with moments to reflect, process, feel, choose, and grow. Now, I think that that is such a beautiful paragraph to really encourage people to share their story, whatever that may be. So let's just talk about stories in general and what what does a story actually look like? Does it have to be this? Does it have to be a book? No, it definitely does not have to be a book. It does not have to be long and it does not have to be about anything in particular. Right. As long as the story has a subject, a thing that happened, a, a, you know, an event that you're talking about, an experience that you're talking about, something that you've learned or a person, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have criteria around, you know, a good story must be about overcoming trauma or it must be, you know, we have to remember that personal stories, people tend to confuse the word story with something not true, a fiction, right? So if you have a novel, yes, there is a formula for writing a novel, any kind of novel, and then there are genre conventions. So if you're writing fantasy, there are things that you, you know, supposed to do if you're writing fantasy or if there's crime fiction or whatever it is, right? We all know if you watch Agatha Christie, for example, you know, there's always a set formula of exactly what happens in every single one of those, right? <laughs> it's exactly the same. doesn't matter what happens in terms of the details, but the formula is exactly the same. And so when we're telling personal stories, it's not the same thing, okay? Real life is not a formula. And so when we're writing about our personal experiences, we don't have to follow conventions in the same way as if we were creating uh, a fiction because when we create a fiction what we're doing is we're creating an entire world we're creating something that never existed or something that has existed and we've adapted into 
you know, for our own purposes of storytelling, it's not the same as when we're recounting something that has happened to us. So while we do have to have some kind of structure when we tell our story, it doesn't have to be done in such a specific way as if you were writing something fictional, right? Oh my goodness. Can I just stop you there? I love you. I love that so much because I'm all about not using formulas. I think sometimes, especially when we're creating, trying to create powerful content, we think that there is a certain magic formula out there that if we follow these 10 steps, then we are going to create something that someone is going to purchase straight away. And that's not the case. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for emphasizing the fact that when we're telling a story, there's not necessarily a formula per se. Love that. I know that that sort of can make people feel a little bit nervous about trying to write because not everyone is a natural writer or knows how to approach writing a story. So there are certainly things that you can do, like processes that you can follow. If you want to call it a formula, fine, but it's not with the purpose of, as you said, achieving the same outcome every time or achieving the same kind of success or whatever it is. It's about the process that helps you to achieve the outcome that you want. And that's the only kind of process or formula or what a framework, I like to call it a framework that I follow because it gives them a container within which to work without prescribing what they have to do. Yeah. So if you can just do that and like, I mean, in a, in a basic, you know, uh, at a basic level, you need a beginning, a middle and an end, right? Like you can't have any kind of story without that, but that is simply just from a perspective of opening a subject and giving closure right? Even if that closure is, I'll tell you the next bit next time, right? (laughs) You know, you have those series posts that people do on Facebook where they start this long story, but they only tell you like one episode at a time, but that's still on purpose, right? That's still with the intention of keeping people engaged. So there's certain, you know, techniques and things that you can use when you're writing your story, but in terms of having a story and sharing your story, there's not so much prescription as when you were writing something fictional. And What I usually tell people is that if they are not sure what kind of story to tell, they have inspiration all around them, right? Okay. This was going to be one of my questions, Romina. So tell me, (laughs) tell me if we feel like that we don't have a story to tell, like I did for a very long time, where can we find those points of inspiration? Okay. So as I said, everywhere. (laughs) Um, And people seem to think, okay, a story has to be big. It has to be dramatic. It has to be, I overcame trauma or I overcame you know, bullying or, excuse me, I immigrated from another country or, you know, all those big life things that happen. And it doesn't have to be. It can be anything small. And I call these story moments, all the little things that happen in life that might come up at another point where they can offer some value in a different situation or they remind you of something about yourself or about other people. And when you're looking at your life, there are so many different areas that make up who you are, right? We talk about essence. I talk about essence a lot. And for me, what essence means is all the things that make you, you, right? That uniqueness about you is not the same as anybody else. And you could have the exact same set of circumstances. You could have had exactly the same experiences in your life as somebody else, but you will not have reacted in the same way. You will not have learned the same things. You will not have taken the next steps in the same way as that other person. And so if you look at, for example, your relationships or your work experiences or your learning experiences or the things that you like to do, right, your hobbies or the things that you're naturally good at, right, all those areas, there are more, but all those areas 
are little fountains where you can find these threads of stories. Literally anything that happens to you can be turned into a story, right? (laughs) So you don't have to have all these amazing things or terrible things happening in your life to be able to tell a story. Anything that happens to you in the way that you tell it gives the person reading it something a little bit, you know, a little something about you. And this is especially important in your content marketing because people want to know who they're buying from. A hundred percent they do. And it is that essence. It is that uniqueness that will sell your service or your packages as well. So when we bring that essence and that uniqueness to our content as well, it's just going to shine through, isn't it? So I was going to ask you, Romina, if people are feeling though, as if not necessarily that they don't have a story to tell, but they don't feel like they could actually tell it in an interesting or a meaningful way. Have you got any tips for, for the listeners? What I would suggest if you're feeling like that, if you feel like, okay, I have this thing that I can talk about, but it's not interesting. One thing that you can do is journaling. So, and I know sometimes people feel a bit like journaling. <laughs> and I actually used to imagine when I was younger, I used to imagine journaling as just that hunt kind of dear diary type of situation that they put in, you know, in books and in movies. I think that it makes people feel like that's trivial when you do it that when you, when it's depicted that way. But what it really is, is just sort of like an intimate moment between you and the page. And that removes the judgment from other people or the sort of fears that you might have around what people think about your story when you're just writing down what you want to talk about on the page. And And it's not the same as typing it. I mean, you can type it, but writing actually uses a different part of your brain. So it's different, right? It creates a different kind of um, effect when you're writing. Yeah, it's like it's a more intimate process. And so what I find when I write things, it's it just allows you to just get things out of your head, right? And one thing you have to be mindful of is you probably will start judging your own things as you write and you start thinking, no, I can't write that. I can't say that. It doesn't sound good like that. We're not editing, right? We're not even writing on on with the intention of sharing that thing that you wrote in your journal. It's literally just the first step to connecting with your own story and getting it out of your head so that you stop overthinking it in your head, right? Because when things are in our heads, they're not tangible. They're just flying around. They're pieces of ideas that are not connected. And when we write them down, they become concrete. They're no longer abstract, right? And there's something physical that you can engage with. And so when you write that down, then you start to explore, okay, maybe it doesn't sound good like that because that's just how I was thinking about it. So then when you've got something to, to work with in, you know, written on the page, you can start going, okay, I can move this around. I can make these sentences shorter. I can, you know, that part just sucks and I don't want to put that in there, you know, but the, the whole point is for you to be able to eliminate the layers that tell you that your story is no good because they're in your mind, right? It's the ego that comes and says, no, you can't say that. People will hate you if you say that. People will judge you if you say that. The world is going to end if you tell this story. Yes, there are certain elements that could happen in that space, depending what your story is, where you tell it and who reads it. But if you don't try it in the first place, how do you know what's going to happen? Yes. How do you know what you're comfortable with? Right? So I think that people need to stop worrying at the beginning without having actually tried anything. They need to try to not judge their own stories because that's one of the things that a lot of people have that I've come across, right? One of their worries is 
people are not going to receive this well. And they're judging their own story on behalf of other people. And I've done that myself with my own experiences. I've been afraid to share bits of my story, even like the story in that book took me so long to share that because I was afraid of what people would say. And in the meantime, people, and not just in my situation, but anyone's situation, the story that you're not sharing is actually giving people the opportunity to make up stuff about what happened. Right. That's an interesting perspective, Romina. So if we don't, if we don't tell our story, then people have the opportunity to make up or fill in the blanks. Yeah, pretty much. And especially if it's something like that feels momentous to you, which is usually why it's scary to share, right? The, the more important a story is to you or the more challenging in whatever way it was to you, the harder it is to share because it means you have to be more open, more vulnerable, more raw. Yeah. And be exposed and seen. So the more you hide that story, if it impacts other people, the more they will try to make sense of the absence of that story. They want to know. People have this inherent need to know things. Mm -hmm. And so if they don't know what actually happened, they will put in, you know, as you said, fill in the blanks. They will say what they think happened or they will think what they think happened without telling you. And so then you have this sort of like (laughs) ecosystem of, not what really happened happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I think that's really great encouragement though to look at sharing stories on social media as well. So when we do bring that essence, that uniqueness, and we actually tell the truth and we are genuine in what we're actually saying and relevant to the people who we're saying it to, then that really gives them a full picture or the full story of who we are and who they could potentially work with as well. And it's not to say that you should just tell everyone everything. That's not what I'm saying, because there is such thing as TMI and I'm seeing a lot of it on social media. There are just things that just don't feel like they need to be shared or at least shared in the way that they've been shared. Um, But it's about finding the boundary that you're comfortable with. How far are you willing to go to give people an insight into what you, um, what you do, like in your work, how, how you want to portray yourself. It's about creating that. I don't want to say character, but it's essentially a character that people are finding in your story. That's why stories are so relatable because people can find a person in the story to connect with. And even if that person is not having the same experiences as you, it humanizes the experience. So when you see that other person going through those things, that's what activates the empathy within us to see another human going through all these challenges. And so when you create that character for your audience, authentically, like telling them things that really happened to you in the way that they really happened, within the boundaries that you've set, that is something that is hard to not connect with. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And if we're thinking about the client journey from a content marketing perspective and taking on the, them on that journey from not knowing anything about us all the way through to becoming a raving fan, it's that connect piece at the very, very beginning that brings them on that journey with us and uh, allows us to take them further through to actually converting and purchasing from us. So, yeah, I love that. I love the way that, you know, when we're ready to open up and tell their stories, then that's the opportunity for them to feel a bit of empathy or perhaps identify with us or the situation that we're in, create Mm -hmm. the connection and, and begin on that journey. So, yay. Thank you for sharing that, Romina. Now, before we wrap up today, I wanted to... I ask everyone this. I would love to know what is your superpower, Romina? I would say that it is tuning into what people 
really want to say because sometimes they think they know what they want to say um, and it's not really what they want to say or they don't know how to articulate it. And I'm really quite good at connecting with that message and bringing it out in a way that really showcases what they're all about without overriding their voice. That's really important to me is to be able to help them tell their stories with their own voice, right? So it doesn't have to sound like anybody else. It won't sound like me. And that's something that, and while I don't really write for people anymore, like I don't do sort of from scratch writing, um, but when I polish people's work, I pay a lot of attention to making sure that it still sounds like what they would say, even if it's completely rewritten, it's still in that tone that they would use. And it brings out the message in uh, what I feel is a more, it just has more impact, right? So what we want when people write is they want to feel like what they say really hits the mark, whatever their aim is for that piece. It doesn't have to be they're trying to sell something. They might just be trying to put a message across Right. And so I really want people to feel like their writing has impact because everyone can write, but not everyone has that natural ability to write it in a way that connects or that says exactly what they're trying to say in a way that feels magical. And, and I work with people who are all sort of spiritual, soulful, they're all intuitive, psychics, healers, and all that kind of thing. And their work is really magical. And one of the things that they feel is a challenge for them is that their work will sound boring when they write about it or people won't really understand what they do um and so that you know my ability to really connect with what they do and help them express that I think is is um yeah pretty much <laughs> well I, I do I, I would 100% agree that that is your superpower, Amina, and it is definitely a, an amazing quality to be able to bring to the world. So thank you for sharing that and um, 100% agree with that superpower. So um, if anyone wants to know more about your superpower or experience your superpower, Romina, how can they find you? Well, I have a website, which is just RominaCavagnola.com. Um, it currently is a little out of date because I'm in the middle of making a new one. Um, but you can still find it and it will have the same URL when I move over. Um, but I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and the handle is alchemy of alignment or one word. Awesome. <laughs> we'll make sure that we put all of those links in the show notes, Romina. Now, do you have any final parting words of wisdom before we wrap up today? I think that it would be just to encourage people who feel like they want to share their story. There is always something of value that you can share, even if you don't think so yourself it's not about you <laughs> when you're sharing your story it's about whoever is going to read or hear that story um, and this is obviously within the context of whatever work you do right like the social media or the content marketing aspect of it when you share the stories it's because you want people to get to know you and to take away whatever value they decide the story has not whatever value you think it has um, so when you're sharing in that context, that's really what the aim is. So don't judge your own stories. Don't, don't um, criticize them on behalf of somebody else because you don't know what they're thinking. Let them have their own <laughs> interpretation of your story and your experience. Perfect way to end the episode. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Romina, and sharing your wisdom with my listeners. I truly, truly appreciate you being here today. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure as always. I love speaking with you. Um, and I'm finally happy. I'm happy that you finally um, have taken this step because it's a really exciting step for you. Thank you, Romina. 
If you'd like to learn more about sharing your story and message with the world through your content, then come and join us inside the Content Effect. This membership is the community for you if you are struggling to come up with engaging content ideas for your ideal client. If you're feeling stuck and uninspired, creating boring content that you feel like keeps missing the mark, or even if you feel like there's very little time to do it all. If you're scrambling, you're inconsistent, unstructured, you perhaps procrastinate, or you're feeling overwhelmed with all the things you could be doing with your content, then the content effect is for you. You can create standout content that builds an aligned audience ready to purchase from you. You just need some guidance, which is exactly what you'll get inside the content effect. Doors are now open for just a few days until Tuesday, the 2nd of May, 2022. So don't waste any time. Jump on over to the link in the show notes so that you can grab your spot now. I can't wait to see you there. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for another week. To get more powerful content in your life, make sure you're following along on socials. My handle is at Meld Business. And just in case you're wondering, the groovy music for this podcast was created by Just Here on SoundCloud. I'd also be super grateful if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast so more amazing women like you can experience the power of content. And if you're like, hell Mel, stop talking. I'm ready to work with you now. Here's how we can work some powerful content magic together. Firstly, come and join the content effect. My membership, Inspiring Women with Service-Based Businesses to ditch the content chaos and start creating standout content that gets you noticed and makes sales. You can join us by using the link in the show notes or just Google the content effect. The second way we can work together is via my one-on-one packages. We can create a sustainable content strategy or start to build out your client journey. It's up to you. Hop on over to meldbusinessservices.com.au forward slash services to find out more. Until next time, have a beautiful week and embrace the power of your content.